what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. For organizations looking to enhance their customer relationships, this is Stepping Up Service. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV. My name is Alan Jackson, uh, your co-host for today from the Jackson Group, uh, where we conduct a lot of management consulting and survey services for a variety of organizations. My other co-host is Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions. Ed, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How's it going, Alan? Doing just fine, just fine. So uh, Good. it's always nice we schedule these recordings for Friday afternoon, so I know it's kind of a nice way to cap off the week. I hope you've got a good weekend coming up, and uh, uh, I don't know what the weather is supposed to be like. I see a lot of rain in the forecast, but I'm hoping maybe maybe uh, the forecasters are a little bit off on that. So Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I know it'll be a lot warmer than today. It's mid-40s today. I think it's supposed to get into at least the 60s, if not higher, and in terms of the weekend, uh, normally I tried to go for relaxing and that was my game plan. And when I got home from work last night, um, my creative uh, wife had literally a list of about 20 different landscape, yard, grass-related activities. So uh, I, I think the relaxing weekend will involve a lot of manual labor. So that's oh, my weekend. boy. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you were grinning from ear to ear. So, uh, well, I know my uh, – my wife is in heavy redecorating mode inside the house, so I've got a feeling my weekend will be involving possibly some paint and other things to have to do as well. So I know the feeling. Oh, so. okay. Well, Ed, today we're talking about something that has nothing to do with yard work or painting, uh, but it is something that kind of keeps in our topic of customer service that we like to discuss on this show every time we get together. So, Ed, you sent me the topic for today, and just all I know is the title of the topic. I don't really know where we're going to go too much with this, but I love the sure. topic, which is... When customer service defines your brand, and I'm a branding guy, I, part of what I do in a, for companies is will help with branding. So I, I'm intrigued by this idea of customer service defining a brand. Where, where, where are we going to go with this? Well, uh, this particular topic, obviously coming from somebody who's into the customer service world, customer experience, is really talking about the fact that you have a lot of businesses out there. They're all selling a certain product or they're selling a service. But what we're going to talk about is the actual experience your customers have, the actual customer service they receive. That is what can really create the brand itself, even beyond what your marketing or advertising does. We're going to talk about the impact of the customer service experience on the organization's brand. Okay, that sounds great. I'm very intrigued by that. I think that's going to be interesting to talk about. So how a branding, how kind of what we know as a company, the brand can be defined by the customer service. So you have some of those companies that, uh, and I'm sure we're going to talk about some examples where really that brand is defined by the level of customer service they're known for providing. Right. We're actually going to look at three different companies, and we're going to talk about movies, and we're going to talk about shopping, we're going to talk about telecom, all sorts of different things in this particular podcast. But I want to start by just making sure we have a common definition that you and I are using, the listeners are using. So uh, when we talk about brand or branding, uh, in your mind, Alan, and in your definition, when you're working with organizations on uh, creating that brand, what exactly is a company's brand or what is branding? How would you answer that? Right. Uh, So branding to me is really what the outside world sees of a company and and branding is something that a company can control to some degree. It can craft. It's really that outward image. It's what somebody knows you as it's the, 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 the outside persona, I guess of the company is how I would, how I would see branding. 
Yeah, when you think about that outside persona, oftentimes when people are trying to work within their business and create that kind of brand, that that persona that the consumers are looking at, they're doing it through marketing and advertising. Um, uh, as you know, your organization partners with ours on a lot of surveys for a media consulting firm. Mm-hmm. And we've done hundreds of surveys of radio advertisers, TV advertisers, et cetera. And one thing that we ask about in those surveys surveys uh, is this idea of how the advertisers are using those radio spots, those TV spots to create their brand. Mm -hmm. So one way that organizations are trying to create the brand is through spending lots and lots and lots of money uh, on marketing, uh, advertising, sales, that sort of thing. Um, But oftentimes that might be the brand that the company wants, but that's not necessarily the brand uh, that is in the mind of the consumer. So we're going to talk about three different uh, examples, uh, two positive, one somewhat negative, about how, despite all the marketing and advertising efforts of the world of these businesses, much of their brand is really based on the actual customer experience. Interesting. Yeah, this is this is going to be fun. Okay, I'm looking forward to getting into these. What's the, uh, what's the first example you've got of this? Well, the first one you can actually educate me a little bit on uh, because it's based on the movie The Wild and uh, – or Wild. Yeah. Uh, and it's about a, a particular company and, and the customer experience. And this is based on a true story from what I understand. Uh, the customer experience uh, of the, the lead in the movie. But prior to getting into the customer service branding aspect of it, um, I, I know you did go to a lot of movies. You have the uh, movie-related <laughs> podcast so yes. there's there's that uh, passion about it as well. Can, are you familiar with that movie? First of all, actually, I am, and kind of as a coincidence, it's a, it's a movie our film society screened just last night. So I really saw it. Oh, great! Within Perfect. the last twenty four hours, um, and uh, the film Wild has to do. It's, it's based on a memoir by a, a woman named Cheryl Strayed, who went on a an eleven hundred mile hike of the Pacific Crest Trail. That goes, I believe, from Southern California all the way up to Oregon or Washington State. And uh, going on a little bit of a personal journey, but she definitely encountered a lot of trials and tribulations along the way. Uh, So, yes, very familiar with the film. Okay. And do you recall uh, a scene or a series of scenes where she had trouble with shoes and she called a company to – to get the shoes replaced or get new shoes. And can you kind of tell that part of the story? Yeah, absolutely. And actually now that you're mentioning it, I'm thinking to myself, okay, yeah, I get exactly where this is going. So about halfway through the film, uh, she realizes she's bought all these supplies to go on this hike and she's not a really experienced hiker at all. So she uh, bought these boots from a company called REI and She's wearing the boots, but about halfway through, she's having a lot of foot pain. She's got huge sores on her feet. When she gets to one of the outposts where she meets some other hikers, one of them, a very experienced hiker, lets her know that she bought shoes that were a little too small for her and that if she had larger shoes with more breathing room, she'd be fine right now. So she, of course, was upset about this. But then he said, well, listen, all you got to do is call the company and they can have some new boots shipped to you the next outpost. So whenever you get to the next spot, they'll be there waiting for you. Wow. And sure enough, the next scene, we see her on the phone calling the company. And sure enough, it's basically her saying, you know, so you mean you'll have the shoes for me at the next outpost and there's no charge or anything. And they said, yep, basically us, we'll take care of it. So sure enough, she shows up at the next outpost, uh, I guess a, a couple of days later, and there's a box of shoes waiting for her from this company, the right size, ready to go. So now that you mentioned when you talk about customer service defining a brand, I, I was not familiar with this company REI at all. 
But now I do know them as this really, really good customer service boot company that handles hiking boots. So, Yeah, and that, that's an amazing story. And uh, when you're talking about not knowing them beforehand and now you do know about them, uh, your perception of their brand, this amazing organization, amazing customer service, even shipping shoes to an outpost on the Pacific Crest Trail, you have a certain impression based on this story. And uh, oftentimes organizations, and maybe REI is one of those organizations, they have the great websites, they, they have all of the branding in the store, they have the marketing and advertising, but your perception of the company is based on this customer service story. Yeah. And a lot of organizations uh, need to really realize that it, it is not just a matter of how you try to promote yourself, but in the long term, your brand is based on the reality of the customer's experience with you. Yeah, absolutely. And it, the funny thing is now that I see the letters REI as a company, I immediately think of the box from the film because the box had the big letters REI on the outside of the box. It was very visible in the film. Uh And the minute you hear REI now, that's visually what I see is I see that box of boots being shipped at no cost uh, to make it get there for the person in the most convenient manner possible. So that's a great example. And actually, uh, I was just poking around here while we were talking to it. It doesn't look like that REI, that's not a paid placement. It was just something where the, the woman, Carol, uh, Cheryl Strayed, had enough of a good experience with that company that she actually wrote about them in the memoir and, and they were put in the movie because that was really part of the story. So that's, that's a good testament to their, their reputation as well. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because one of our core beliefs as a company when we started over 15 years ago was that your customer service, your customer experience really needs to fulfill the promise that your your marketing made, and and so if you have these promises, marketing's making uh, that is setting a certain expectation. It might be creating an image of a brand, but your customer service, your customer experience has to deliver uh, on that promise. And if it doesn't, then your brand is going to become more of the reality of the experience rather than the promise of the marketing. I mean, just how great is that to think that a company could actually get to a point with its customer service branding and reputation that when somebody even just sees the logo or the name, they're immediately thinking of these outstanding customer service examples. You know, how great is that? Yeah, and that, that is great. And after the break, I'm going to give you a story that's not so great because just like a branding can make a company make their reputation, uh, especially if that branding is derived from the actual customer experience, we're going to talk about uh, a certain company that really promotes their services, promotes their customer service, their customer focus, uh, and yet the reputation is horrible, and we'll explain why. Ooh, that's a great teaser for the break here. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> let's go ahead and ease right into a quick break. When we come back, we will follow up with Ed's mystery story of a uh, customer service branded company that's not what you want to have happen. And uh, we'll get another good example in there as well. When we come back to Stepping Up Service, stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, Alan and Chris here with an exciting announcement about something coming to the Western North Carolina area later this year. It's the first ever Foot Candle Film Festival. That's right, an honest-to-goodness film festival that's happening September 25th through the 27th at the Salt Block in Hickory, North Carolina. Films are being submitted from all over the world to be considered. Do you or someone you know have a film that you'd like to submit? Visit footcandle.org and follow the link to the festival for instructions. Stay tuned later in the year as we announce our choices and start selling tickets. Visit footcandle.org for more information. We'll see you in September. 
Welcome back to Stepping Up Service. I'm Alan Jackson, and with me, Ed Gagnon, as we're talking about this idea of when customer service defines your brand here on Stepping Up Service. Uh, Ed had just finished giving us a great positive example of this happening with the company REI that's known for selling hiking boots and was featured in the film Wild that I actually just recently saw, so a great timely example. But I know we have a second example that Ed teased a little bit about before the break. So, Ed, what is this second example we need to talk about? Yeah, this one's not so pleasant, Alan. And and let me uh, ask you just a couple quick questions, see if this jogs your memory a little bit. But there was a company, let's say a telecom company, uh, maybe uh, three, four or five months ago. And uh, there was a customer retention representative who was on the phone with uh, some folks who were trying to cancel their cable service. Uh, The folks were so frustrated with how the call was going, they started recording it, recorded an eight-minute call. uh, And all of a sudden, this telecom company, their name was splashed all over the internet. Uh, At the time, a couple months ago, they had already had four million listens to this (laughs) eight-minute retention call. What company do you think we're talking about? Oh, we've got to be talking about Comcast. As soon as you started describing the story, I knew where you're talking about. And yes. uh, I'm assuming that's proving your point, right? <laughs> exactly. And so Comcast uh, is in the process now of trying to merge with Time Warner Cable, who also has just a horrific uh, customer service reputation. But these are two organizations that talk about all these wonderful services they provide and how responsive they are and you know how they'll do all this customization to meet your needs. And yet when you start telling the story of certain Uh, terrible situations that happen. And there's many, many more examples with Comcast recently. Immediately, when you think of their brand, you think about just atrocious customer service. And and with this merger with Time Warner Cable, they're even running into a lot of issues trying to get the merger uh, to go through. Mm -hmm. And it's because of customer service concerns. The, the, The approving authorities are really hesitant to bring these two organizations together to create uh, not necessarily a monopoly as a whole, but maybe in certain regions a monopoly uh, with two companies that just have a horrible reputation for serving their customers. So it does. So the old uh, arithmetic thing of two negatives making a positive that doesn't seem to be necessarily the case in this situation, right? No, it, it doesn't. Two negatives might make just uh, one horrific <laughs> situation for consumers. So yeah. uh, the way the government's looking at it in terms of whether or not they should approve the merger is what is this going to do not only for competition, but what is this going to do for the consumer? Okay. Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is you're right. Comcast didn't really have a stellar reputation before that whole recording incident uh, with Ryan Block and Veronica Belmont, I remember from several months ago. Yes. And uh, we, I think we had an episode where we talked about it as well. Definitely. Their customer service wasn't stellar before that. So an example like that only just really, it not only tarnished reputation more, but it made it a lot more vile negative reputation than it ever was before. So it's hard to think of the word Comcast right now without thinking negative connotations. Um, and for our last company, it's hard to think about this company's name without thinking about positive connotations. Oh, good. Well, let's go ahead yes. and cleanse, cleanse the palate. And let's get away from the negative one and, and try to move on to the positive one there. How about that? Yes, we're, we're, we're trying to sandwich around the negative today. Sure. So begin positive and positive. The last one is a company. I'll just tell you a couple quick stories. It's kind of a high-end department store. There's a story about in the Chicago area years ago where even though this was a high-end department store, uh, this lady brought back four tires uh, that she was convinced she had bought at this store. And uh, they they said, no, we we didn't 
uh, sell tires and they were very nice about it. She said, no, I'm sure I bought them here. And eventually through the end of the conversation, the employees purchased the tire back, even though she had not bought them from that particular company. It had actually wow. been a Sears, I believe, that had been on the same site years ago. And she had bought them from Sears and thought that's where she was returning them to. <laughs> the reality was this company is not Sears, but they took them back. And there are wow. many, many stories about this uh, department store, very similar to that, personal attention from folks buying their shoes and and really developing relationships and proactively calling customers when a particular style comes in. Um, do you have a feel for what company this is? Um, oh gosh, I, unfortunately, I don't know my department stores as well, but I know we've talked about it, and it's either going to be a, a, a Nordstrom's or a Harrods or yes, which it's one? Nordstrom's. Nordstrom's. Okay, I knew yes. it was one of those two. Yeah. Yeah. So in Nordstrom's, just like Comcast, they advertise plenty, they market plenty, they have the websites plenty. But when you think about these organizations, uh, much of their brand, what you feel about them, how you interpret uh, the, the name of the company, the logo of the company is based on all these stories that you're hearing. It's a series of stories, positive or negative, And most of the stories are customer service stories. So, Ed, you know, I was thinking about with Nordstrom, you know, there's not a Nordstrom in my area where I live. I don't see one on a daily basis. And honestly, I can't even recall ever seeing a Nordstrom ad, even though it was said that they spend a lot of money on advertising. I don't read the magazines I guess they advertise in or go to the websites where they may be featured. But I know of Nordstrom almost exclusively from this kind of customer service story. So is the idea here that, you know, we can maybe even assume that social media, online connectivity, online media can even help extenuate this idea of your brand being defined by your customer service more than probably any other era we've ever lived in in the corporate world. Oh, definitely. And and it's interesting because so many organizations just in general, when they're thinking about marketing and advertising, they're moving so many of their marketing dollars and efforts toward the web or toward other forms of social media, and it's the same thing from a customer service impact on your brand. That, those stories that you and I are talking about can go viral, can go off to tens of thousands or millions of people much more quickly than they could in the past. So your brand from a customer service perspective can be impacted by social media, by the web, just like uh, organizations are advertising heavier via social media, via the web. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I would never recommend to somebody as a client that all they do is put all their energy, time, and money towards trying to get a good customer service story to go viral. That's not really the smartest way to try to market or advertise your company. Right. But it does need to be kind of part of your strategy is how do you get those good messages and good uh, good impressions out there in the online public because those are the kind of messages that are going to spread pretty quickly. And you can actually do it with relatively little money as long as you're doing the kind of things from a customer service standpoint that you need to be doing to, to make that your brand, you know? Right. Yeah. Marketing and advertising is a lot easier if you have positive stories to tell. And instead of you necessarily telling all the stories, you have customers telling the stories on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, and you can just re retweet the positive story from your customer. You can just thank the customer for the positive story. So instead of you having to initiate the story, you having to tell your own story, you're finding those customers who are telling your story and you're leveraging that to improve the, the, the brand that you have in the eyes of the consumer. Yeah. I mean, it's so great. I think it's good, good aspirations for anybody in a business that, you know, you take two of those three examples that you gave and just realizing that, you know, sometimes all you have to do now is mention the name of that company or see its logo. And again, 
the positive vibes just immediately come to mind because of these customer service stories and because of the kind of positive word of mouth they get out there. We've talked about other companies over the episodes too that kind of fit some of this. You've got the whole uh, um, Zappos with the shoes. They're very much known for that. Amazon's got a good sense of some customer service from an operational standpoint. There's a lot of other companies. Apple's got great customer service reputation from a quality standpoint. You know, it's just all those are floating out there. And these companies worked really hard to get that brand defined by actually showing that level of customer service. It didn't just happen by accident. They didn't get lucky with one little story. Uh, You have to work on it. But if you can make that be a definition of your brand, I got to imagine the returns you could get in the future would be enormous. Yes, definitely. And it's interesting that you say you don't hear a lot of Nordstrom's ads. You probably don't hear a lot of REI ads. You probably do hear a ton of Comcast or <laughs> yes. Charter or Time Warner Cable ads. And that's because organizations that are great at customer service, great at retention, great at the customer experience, they are not churning customers like a lot of other brands are. So the co- companies that are churning customers because of their bad customer experience, their poor customer relationships have to spend a whole lot more money uh, in advertising and, and in marketing efforts just to acquire uh, customers to offset those that they're losing because of the horrible customer experience. Yeah, wow. That's great messages and just good reminders for any of us in any organization about how important this kind of brand is and how successful it can make your company if you do are able to establish that kind of reputation for customer service. Uh, yes. A lot more so, powerful than any even cost, a lot more powerful than you know efficiency. All those things are important, but I think that overall customer service brand can really, really – uh, rise somebody to the top. Yeah, I'll, I'll just end with one uh, quick story. Uh, one of my best friends, because he knows I'm in this customer service business, I'm with Customer Service Solutions. Sometimes, just to be funny, he'll call up and he'll say, uh, hello, I'd like to order some customer service, please. Uh, <laughs> and I always laugh. I know exactly who it is. And and here's a core question. Do any of the companies you and I have talked about today actually sell customer service? No, no. And, no, no. But when you think of the brand, when you think of the why people love or hate the brand, you are frequently thinking about their customer service. So mm-hmm. customer service can define your brand. So you got to make sure it's a positive brand that you're creating through your customer service. Yeah, that's a great point. You're right. Yeah, none of these companies sell customer service. They have products. But again, we, we think of the customer service first on at least the two examples uh, even quicker than we think of what it is they actually do. Uh, yes. And that's that's really interesting. Well, Ed, speaking of stories and speaking of you know companies that uh, good examples on a positive or negative side, let's wrap up our our show with like we traditionally like to do here and talk about a customer service story since we met last time or something in the last thirty days that you and I have both experienced. It could sure. be positive or negative. That's the it's fun thing about this is always trying to guess if you're going to spring on a a negative story on me, or if we're going to end on a very upbeat, positive note, I'll go ahead and let you know mine's positive. So if, do you have a negative one? Cause if so, I'd like for you to go first. Now, I have two very quick ones on the same topic and one's positive, one's negative. All right. Why don't you do positive to negative and then I'll end with a positive. How's that? Work? Okay. Excellent. We're doing the negative sandwich again, just yes. like in the uh, podcast. So. Exactly. I think that, right. that helps, it helps everything go down easier for the listener. Okay. Well, the first one is positive and it's very simple, just like the second, but uh, I was getting my car serviced and I uh, let the service representative, when I brought my car in, 
know that I have an 8.30 conference call I'll be taking while I'm in the service area on my cell phone, and then I had to leave by 10.30 for an 11 o'clock call. Um, and he said, yes, we'll take care of it. I'll put the notes in. Well, uh, a gentleman came to me uh, a little before eight. He was just uh, checking on some things, wanted me to make a decision about some additional issue that they found. Uh, and I asked, well, did the other gentleman mention, I still, even if you fix that, need to get out of here at a certain time? And he said, yes, I definitely know that you need to leave by 1030. Mm -hmm. So that was small, but it was an example of internal communications that were effective between the first representative who checked me in and then the one who was actually managing my service visit, that the second one got the notes, understood them, read them, and they were important enough to him for him to know the exact time I needed to leave wow. the facility. That's nice. It's such a simple thing, but you're right. It's so important. Yeah. And so many, so many companies would screw that up. I'll tell you. Yes. I mean, they really would. Well, just to give you an example of how companies can screw up internal communications, <laughs> Uh, my mom, about two weeks ago, was flying to Florida. It was uh, the day uh, after uh, some major snow had hit, and she we went on usairways.com. She had not booked through US Airways, but we went on usairways.com uh, and find out that her flight had been canceled. Okay. So we called up US Airways, and uh, they immediately changed her reservation to a flight four hours later. We were thrilled. We thought she might be staying you know, an extra day or two. She was going down to visit her sister. That was great. Uh, about 20 minutes later, she got an email from the uh, web-based company that she actually purchased her ticket through. And they told her that her 9.30 a.m. flight, which was the originally scheduled flight, was on time. And she was welcome to go to the airport to check in. Uh -oh. So so the flight had been canceled. Uh, she already got a new flight through U.S. Airways directly for four hours later. And then she gets an email from the company where she made the initial reservation saying that that initial reservation was good and she could go to the airport. So this mm -hmm. was a company who was basically telling my mom, go to the airport, the flight uh, it is still on time when she already knew that it had been canceled. Uh, and it, it, if she had gone to the airport, she'd have been sitting there for hours and hours and hours. Wow. Uh, so that, that one organization was trying to be good about confirming her flight, but they got the information wrong. And if it wasn't for us checking through a different avenue about whether or not the flight was canceled, she might have just been sitting at the airport for hours and oh, hours man. and hours. Oh, boy. That's yeah. the, almost the, the, the moral of the story is there is, you know, it's great that companies are working really hard to get technology to use to, to help communicate with clients and customers. But you got to make sure it works and you got to make sure it doesn't backfire on you by actually causing more frustrations or confusion. Exactly. And, uh, right. So it's great that they've got a system in place to try to notify people of their flight status. But if it doesn't work, then it actually is going to do you more damage than good. Right. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let me end up on a positive one here. Mine's a pretty short one as well. We did have a film screening the last two nights. I've already mentioned that earlier. The film was wild that we just already talked about as an example. I saw it on Wednesday night for our first night of screenings for our film society. Uh, we showed it again last night, and honestly, I had a lot of work to do. So I thought, you know, instead of watching the movie again, I'm just going to hop down the street and just take my laptop and have a bite to eat and try to get some work done. So I went down to a local restaurant, not half a block down from the theater. And it was starting to get a little busy in there, but I still found a couple seats up near the front where I could sit up on the little near the stage area. I'd been sitting there maybe 10 minutes, and uh, the waitress came over, very nice, pleasant waitress, and saying, 
sir, I hate to do this to you, but our, the band is going to be coming into play here in a little bit and they're they're going to be setting up right where you're sitting. Uh, is there any way we could move you somewhere, uh, that you'd be comfortable and and be okay with? I said, well, I said, that's fine. I said, I've got my laptop and power cord and I was going to kind of do some work while I was sitting here. And I was looking around the restaurant and I didn't really see any other table that looked convenient, you know, without it being kind of crowded or an inconvenience for anybody. And she just kind of stopped, looked around and said, well, come follow me. And I walked with her and she kind of walked around to the back of the building and back behind the, where the kitchen was, there was actually like more of a lounge area, I guess, where some of the employees can kind of hang out back where the restrooms are. And there was some couches back there and some chairs. She said, would this be okay if you wanted to have some privacy to work back here? I said, you know, that would be great. And she said, I'd be happy to come back here and serve you any food you want too. just let me know what you want and I'll bring it back here for you. Wow. I'm like, that's amazing. So I'm back there in a nice, quiet place. I can still hear the music next door from the band, but yet I'm able to work. I'm getting some work done. She checked on me, maybe not as frequently as she would somebody in the main dining area, but she checked on me enough that I felt very, very tended to. Got the food out there. The food came. The food was great. She refilled my drink a couple of times while I was back there. She took care of my bill back there. And I was able to scoot right out of the restaurant without having to worry about anything and didn't feel like I was inconveniencing anybody or getting in anybody's way. But I was able to get almost an hour and a half worth of work done while I was sitting there as well. So that was just one of those things. She didn't have to do that. She could have easily just said, sorry, because there was a little sign up near the front near the table I was sitting that says, hey, we're going to need this space around 730. Just a heads up. So she could have just pointed to the sign and just left it at that. But she definitely went an extra mile to get me a comfortable place to eat and work. And, you know, it was an inconvenience for her, I'm sure, to come back there and check on me. But she didn't seem to care, and she had a smile on her face the whole time. So that was just just even happening last night. That was a really great example there. So Well, and then the next time you go there, you're going to ask for your usual table in the yes. back. So yes. the, the Jackson Lounge. I've already got it figured <laughs> out. I expect to be there every time I eat. And, right. Uh, it, was just a, it was just a great, nice experience. And I even felt a little awkward even being back there thinking, man, she's bending over almost too much backwards to like wow. take care of me. But at the end of the day, uh, I've definitely had a much more positive impression of that restaurant than I even did beforehand. So yeah, good. that's great. Yeah. Well, Ed, I think that wraps us up for today. So we talked a little bit about this idea of when customer service becomes your brand, what branding is, and how the customer service can define your brand with three examples of how that's happened, two positive, one not so much. And then uh, we capped it off with our stories for the month, which kind of carry that same theme along as well. Uh, if anybody has any questions, thoughts, or feedback for us on the show, you can certainly reach out to us. Uh, we encourage you to visit the Mesh website, which is themesh.tv. T-H-E-M-E-S-H dot TV. There's a place there where you can hit a contact us button to reach out to us by email. Drop us a note. Let us know your thoughts. If you have questions or ideas about the topics we've discussed, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And then also, if you want to learn a little bit more about what each of us do with our individual uh, career lives, work lives, Ed's company is Customer Service Solutions. You can learn more about him and his company at cssamerica.com. That's www.cssamerica.com. I'm with the Jackson Group, which conducts uh, surveys, employee surveys, patient and customer surveys for a lot of organizations. Learn more about us at thejacksongroup.com, T-H-E, jacksongroup.com. And Ed, just correct me if I'm wrong, but on your website at cssamerica.com, people can uh, read some blog posts. They can probably sign up for your email newsletter. You're always sending out some great information on customer service tips or things that companies need to keep in mind when, when improving their customer service culture, correct? 
Yeah, that, that's exactly right. They can get links to the uh, podcast. We also have, uh, along with blogs, articles, I, I was thinking the other day, we've probably written uh, or recorded, if we include the podcast, probably over 1,400 different uh, pieces of content over the years. Wow. So that there's plenty of information there. Uh, you know, a good good amount of that is available through the website. Okay, great. Well, I definitely encourage everybody to check that out. If the kind of content we're talking about on the show intrigues you or you find interesting, definitely going to cssamerica.com is your next logical step to get some more information and some more discussion started. Um, and of course, through the mesh.tv, there's a lot of other programs and shows you can check out. But if you really want to spend a fun weekend, go download a bunch of our old episodes and you can listen to them. Uh, it's called binge listening, I think is what we call it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> binge listening. Queue up about 12, 15 episodes of this. That's going to give you a good weekend's worth of audio entertainment there. So, uh, But we would love to hear some feedback in all seriousness. And also, you can always uh, reach out through Apple iTunes and find us as a podcast there on the podcast store. Give us a star rating. Give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. However you want to reach out to us, we'd love to hear from you. So with that, we're going to wrap up the show. Ed, thanks for your time as always. Oh, I enjoyed it, Alan. Appreciate it. No problem. Have a great weekend. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you next month. You've been listening to The Mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.